A great day, great day indeed. Friday, August 26th, Justin Henry Show. We got some stuff dialed in for you today, baby. Talking breakouts and players who should outperform their ADP. I got my guy Will Rivera on. Biased opinions on Twitter. Make sure you guys give him a follow. It's going to be a dope show. We're going to talk about some breaking news that's happening right now. NFL preseason week three is here. So I'm going to get you guys all dialed in on that. And I got some numbers for him, too. I'm going to see if I can stump him. Uh, it's the Justin Henry Show, baby. What else you come to expect? Stay tuned. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. One of my favorite guys in this space, Will, my man. Welcome to the show, baby. Glad to have you on. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. Finally on here, man. I was looking at, I'm looking forward to this for a couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm glad that it's finally here, man. Let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. Well, we got a lot to talk about. I know we're going to talk about these breakout players uh, and players who outperform their ADP. This is always a good time to do that. Draft season's here, so if you got your fantasy drafts, this is the perfect time to listen, especially you got them coming up this week and you're watching this preseason. We also got some betting stuff. We might talk a little bit of preseason betting and just some of the games. We'll cover over a little bit of them, but then also uh, there's been some, some news happening too, so we got to get into that. This first section's called This Just In. So normally we always start off with, with football. Football is like been it's football season. So that's what people want to talk about. But there was a major, major trade that happened yesterday in the NBA. So we got to talk about it. Patrick Beverly is now on the Los Angeles Lakers. And what seemed like just kind of an, an, a random deal for Taylor Horton Tucker, it, this might have a little bit of impact. I'm a Laker fan. So, you know, you see the shirt, the Kobe on the shirt, right? Like, I, I don't know how to feel about this deal because that probably means Russell Westbrook is gone, knowing the history between these two. Yeah, man. Listen, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the trade. I think that there's definitely um, going to be something happening afterwards. There's no way after all the history. I mean, dating back to when Russell Wils Russell Westbrook, I'm sorry, yeah, Russell Westbrook was with um, Houston, and you know he had that injury. Um, due to, to to Beverly going into his knee years ago. So I don't think that these guys are gonna, um, you know in at the late October open up the season with both of them on the roster. So I think it's just a matter of time till uh, Russell Westbrook is, is out the door, man. And, and rightfully so. I mean, you're, you're, listen, you're a Lakers fan. So I'm pretty sure you watch more Laker games than I did this past <laughs> season. I'm a diehard um, Knicks fan. So, but the Laker Laker games that I did watch, it was bad. It was bad news bears out there for, uh, for Russell <laughs> Westbrook. Um, you know, him being from LA playing in UCLA in college. Um, you know, I, I know that was like a dream come true, but it didn't turn out the way that he did. Instead of being like a dream come true, it became a nightmare out there for him. So I don't think he's going to be on the roster. And I don't think that Le LeBron James does want him on the roster. And then also before that, you know, LeBron just uh, got that nice little uh, paycheck, you know, saying for a couple more years there. So I think he's pretty much uh, has a, uh, um, all the say that's going on in the front office, and rightfully so, because we've seen what he's able to do in his what last uh, 19 seasons in the NBA, entering his 20th year, which is crazy, and still a dominant player. Yeah, and you know Westbrook is. I think I still think Westbrook has a lot to offer a team, but he is a really ball dominant player. So for him to kind of play that secondary role, I don't think it's natural. And he's a leader too. Like he's kind of one of those barkers, like a really vocal leader. And when you got a guy like LeBron James, a guy like Anthony Davis. Those are two polarizing figures. I just don't think, I think Westbrook needs his own team. He needs to be able to do triple doubles whenever he wants. 
And so I think that a move is coming at some point, whether it's with Indy, whether it's with the Knicks. There's been some talks about the Knicks uh, potentially doing a deal with Evan Fournier and some other pieces. I can see a deal being done for Westbrook at some point. Gives the Lakers a little bit of cap room. I want to see what this final picture looks like because Pat Bev in the past has said, if he came to the Lakers, he was guaranteed Western Conference Finals with the setup. So I'm curious to see how this all plays out. Listen, um, I, those are the teams that you mentioned. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all good for it, um, minus the Knicks. I don't need them on the Knicks, man. We already got, um, we already got enough problems as it is. I'm still holding on to hope that we got Donovan Mitchell, you know, which is from the New York area, and um, we we have issues at at point guard. So the last thing that I need is a is a ball dominant player that's not going to want to pass the ball to anybody and get anybody involved. So um, I'm good. I'm all good. We can go ahead and pass on that. Pass on Westbrook, man. Well, I am mad at it. Well, we are in the heart of football season, so let's get into the football talk, man. Uh, Mitch Trubisky is going to be starting this week preseason. It looks like he might be locked in as starter. Is that surprising to you? Did you think that they would go with Kenny Pickett? Are you kind of like, you know what? I expected Mitch Trubisky to be in the spot that he is. Yeah, I think that uh, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, if you look at, he's already been in the league a couple of years. He's proven, right, as far as like being a starter. So you know more or less what you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to get from Kenny Pickett. Um, also, you know, he hasn't been performing the best. So I think that um, it makes sense starting off with Mitchell Trubisky. And then if you have to get off of him sooner than later, then do so. But um, no matter who's starting at quarterback for the Steelers, I'm not expecting a lot from this team. I mean, it's unfortunate because they do have a lot of good skill players, right? You look at Najee yeah. Harris, you look at Deontay Johnson, and then Hall of Famer. George Pickens. So the, the fact that, um, you know, that you got all these skilled players, we'll see what, what, what goes on. But I think that because of what they got out there at the skill positions, they will be able to move off of Mitchell Trubisky sooner than later. So if he doesn't do his thing by like week four, I could see him uh, getting replaced week five or six. Yeah, I, I kind of got Pickett coming in a little bit later. I think Mike Tomlin loves winning too much to just be like, hey, I'm going to give up on the season and start Pickett. So unless they're just losing just flat out like one and five or two and seven or some crazy record, I don't see Mitch Trubisky being out of the lineup that soon. But you mentioned something. Hall of Famer George Pickens. I feel like preseason's a time where everybody gets excited. George Pickens has become a Hall of Famer. That's been like a running joke on the show from everybody that's come on. We, we're already putting them there. Another player who's kind of stepped into the spotlight and actually looked really good yesterday uh, during the Niners and Texans preseason game was Damian Pierce. We saw him score a touchdown. And to be honest, I was on the hate train. I was on the, I was on the, hey, go get Marlon Mack for early season production. Damian Pierce, he's mid, like he didn't do nothing in Florida. I was kind of on the other side of this and he's proving us very wrong, very quickly, at least any of his doubters. Where were you on the Damian Pierce hype train? And do you think that this is a situation for fantasy owners where they're like, all right, it's time to take Damian Pierce seriously. Yeah, so he wasn't even on my radar, man, to be honest with you, as far as like running backs. Again, um, being being on the Texans, I don't expect for them, I don't expect a lot from them this year. Definitely have them picking in the top five, um, just based off everything like personnel, coaching, all that. Um, so Damon P Pierce, though, he is going to be eaten, though, I think, uh, on the ground and also coming off the backfield, catching some balls. So he, he's, he has moved up the, the, the ranks um, or, or up the boards for me because I didn't even have him on my radar at all. But I, I did definitely liked what I saw from him last night. Yeah, and he played well and got in the end zone. Things you like to see in the preseason. He's played phenomenal the entire preseason. The beat writers have been all over his performance in training camp. So to me, uh, there's got it. Well, there's smoke, there's fire a lot of times. And I thought it was a lot of smoke, but there definitely was fire when it comes to Damian Pierce. I moved him up to a high-end RB3. He's more in that like uh, that back end of the top 30, 
running back. So I'm not too, I'm not like all in on Damian Pierce, but I'm also not discrediting what he's doing and his position and his role. And Lovey Smith has said that he wants to run the football, even though the line is terrible. And then lastly, since from New York, we got to talk about it. Denzel Mims wants to get traded from the Jets. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out for him. Second round pick, and the receiver, the receiving room over there is loaded. They're talking about the Carolina Panthers as a possible suitor. This guy came in, and there was a lot of high expectations from him. Are you kind of, you know, what was he expected to do? I know you you live out there and have a lot more buzz in the streets there when it comes to what the expectation was in New York. Are you disappointed out there, or is it kind of like, hey, we're ready to part ways? Well, you know, first and foremost, I got to put out, put this out there. I'm a diehard New York football Giants fan, um, so I'm not really uh, big on the <laughs> Jets, uh, what's, what's going out there with, with the uh, New York uh, Jets or anything. But I think, you know, with everything that they have, like you said, again, uh, that's, a, that's a loaded wide receiver room. So if he wants to be traded, then go ahead and trade him. You know, um, they had high expectations, but I think that they're going to be just fine. Um, also, I'm looking at uh, Zach Wilson to have a great, um, great sophomore year, breakout year, actually, if he stays healthy. You know, barring any injuries, I think he's going to probably finish in the top 15 quarterback wise. Yeah, and top 15 quarterback-wise, that's that's bold for Zach Wilson. He did just come off of the injury, obviously, in the preseason. Avoided a major injury while we were out there at the Expo. I know everybody was talking about it then, but avoided a major injury. And you got him in the top 15, though? Top 15 for Zach Wilson? Listen, man, you saw what the other quarterbacks were able to do when he got injured, right? It seemed like every every uh, game in and game out, every quarterback was throwing in, um, throwing throwing for over 300 yards after uh, Zach Wilson went out, right, with injury. So I think that this year he's going to feel a little bit more comfortable. He's going to know what the what, um, what the task at hand is going to be every Sunday coming in to the game, and he's going to be ready for it. He's a player that I watched a lot at BYU, bet on a lot as well. Um, so he has the capability there. He, he know We know he's able to um, not only be accurate, but he also has the arm strength there. So I just think that it was pretty much, you know, the rookie year coming in um, a little – overwhelmed if, if you may say but i think coming into his sophomore year he's going to definitely be ready to do some things out there for the jets sophomore surge instead of sophomore slump i love it i love it way well, hey, I'm, I'm not a big zach wilson fan i don't have him necessarily in my top 20 but there are a lot of people who like his situation his improvement his added weight gain the dog in him that they've talked about all summer and his, they, i mean they're providing some weapons there you know what i'm saying like and at the end of the day I can't be too mad at it though. Your Giants looking pretty good too. I, if there's a team out of New York that I thought had some ups, uh, had some upside, I probably would go with the Giants. They look like they might have a chance uh, to even be a challenger in that division. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm, everybody's on the on on the Eagles train. I'm not a believer in Jalen Hurts and, and those guys, and I'm definitely uh, you know not on the Dak train and and, and Dallas down there. So I, th I definitely um, think that we have a good chance. But again, it's also uh, dependent on. On what's going on with the injuries and also my guy uh, Danny Dimes you know Daniel Jones out there um it looks like every video that comes out of training camp is him doing a bad throwing a bad pass and missing his players by a lot <laughs> I, I don't like that at all um but this is one of those things where I'm just hoping that we're able to make some changes again I feel confident in the uh, in the head coach and the new head coach that we have and the GM both coming down from Buffalo we saw what those guys were able to do out there with Josh yep. Allen and also in Buffalo those guys are pretty much dead in the water a couple years back and now you know you're looking at Josh Allen probably being QB1 um in my opinion and also um making a run for the for for the um Super Bowl they had a great opportunity last year came down to like what the last uh, 15 20 seconds against Man, 13 uh, KC. seconds so, oh 
Man, it, it was it was bad, right? It was bad. So, I mean, I think those guys are, are going to be in contention again this year um, and back at it. So I like where we're at. Even if we don't have a good year, we we're going to be in a good situation because it's going to be a, a QB-heavy uh, draft next year. And uh, there's yeah. going to be a lot of QBs for the take. And so however it shapes out, man, I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for uh, the, the Giants to do big things. And, and yeah, they will the will and Colin. If Dable can't fix Daniel Jones, nobody can. And they'll definitely be taking a quarterback next year. So that's all the breaking news that we have for today. I'm sure there's a lot more that we could have covered, but we got to get into some of these breakouts, man, because that's what I got you on here for, to talk fantasy football, talk these breakouts. And I, we could do this stuff. And I, should, I could say, tengo un pregunta. Uh, and, and I got a question about your fantasy fix, man. So I know you do some stuff in Spanish too, correct? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So Spanish is my first language, um, first generation here. My both my parents are from Dominican Republic, so you know, learned the learned English a little bit later than everybody else. But uh, but here we are, man. So doing content both in uh, English and Spanish, man. Just trying to give the people what they need. Oh, tú sabes lo que la gente necesita allá afuera para revelar en su en sus ligas. Okay, okay. Well, este sección es called Zero RB Football Americano Fantasia. <laughs> I know I butchered the hell out of that. I just had to try to do it, man. I had to try. <laughs> this is the Zero RB where we talk about nothing but fantasy football in this part of the segment. And this this section is going to be about breakout players. Will, I'm going to put the mic to you first. Give you the opportunity to talk about somebody who's either a break. Before we get into that first, what do you consider a breakout player? Because there's some people who are like, oh, it has to be somebody you drafted with like one of the last picks in the draft and they happen to, to you know, perform well. Or it's somebody might say, oh, it's somebody who outperforms their expectations. So just so you and I and everybody else watching is on the same page, what's your definition of a breakout player? Just somebody that I have higher than everybody else, right? Um, I mean, according to ADP, but then also like situation and everything. So it's not one of those players that I picked in like the last, like second to last or last round, but just somebody that I think is going to definitely outperform their their current ADP. Um, and and the and the player that comes to mind, just like straight off the top, is going to be Russell Wilson. Um, I think Russell Wilson is is a great player. I, I saw him um, not only play all his years in Seattle, but then also if you look at what he did, not only at uh, Wisconsin, but then NC State. A lot of people sleep mm -hmm. on when he was at NC State. Um, that's when I first, you know, I'm a, I'm a betting guy. So um, I, uh, you know, watched them play at NC State and they were always underdogs. So I always picked them because I was like, you know, if, if they're I'm an underdog, but more than a touchdown, Russell Wilson is always going to keep them in the game. And, and I had pretty much uh, some pretty good success when he was with NC State. So you know, having that baseball background, he's able to um, sling the ball. But then also we, we know that what he's able to do when he gets outside the pocket or he's forced to get outside the pocket. I think he's going to be in a much more much better situation out here in Denver, not only with the offensive line. But if you look at the weapons that he has out there, Sutton, Jerry Judy, um, you got Melvin Gordon and then um, uh, Williams coming out, the Javante Williams coming out the, yep. the backfield, being able to catch the ball. And then we got Albert O. I'm not going to um, attempt to pronounce his last name. I don't know <laughs> So we're just gonna keep it at Albert O. I may be up to speed, like let's say like week three or week four, but right now I'm gonna keep it at that. And then also, like I say, he's gonna be able to do some things with his his legs. So I think for for in my opinion, uh, he has a, a great chance to 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 end in the in the top five um, QBs this year. Okay. And 
if, if things go pretty well, man, I wouldn't be surprised if he's top three. But that's just me. Again, I just think that, you know, barring any injuries and also getting away from uh, Pete Carroll and what he wanted to do out there with the run game, obviously sticking to the run game, um, minus that last play when they played in the Super Bowl against the Patriots years ago. Um, you know, Pete Carroll was always like a run, run first guy. Yeah. No, I, I like the take. I, I don't have him that high, but I love the take because Russ is undervalued right now. I think he's undervalued. He's been a top 10 quarterback his entire career. The only reason he wasn't last year is because he only played in 12 games. And so Russell Wilson has consistently performed in a run-heavy offense in Seattle. And now the focus is going to be on airing it out a little bit more. We could see a really, really good season. I think Russ wants to prove people that he's elite, that he deserves one of those six-year all-guaranteed contracts that that Kyler Murray got, that Lamar Jackson's about to get, that Deshaun Watson got. He wants the bag, too, and he's, what, 33 years old? It's not like he's super old. So Russ has time. He's in his prime for a lot of this. And I think top three is is kind of, you know, maybe that's reaching a little bit. But it's not out of the realm of possibilities. Like, if he, if he finished top three, it's not like we haven't seen him do it before. And with everybody's – the hype on Cortland Sutton and the hype on Jerry Judy, if those guys are supposed to be top 15, top 20 guys, Russell Wilson's floor has to be super high. So I'm I'm not mad at that. I was trying to look up his uh, his player projections on prize picks. I couldn't find it. Where do you think he finishes as far as touchdowns and yards? If you were to put a number on – Say I gave you the number 4,600 yards and I gave you 35 touchdowns. Would you go over or under on those numbers? Oh, man. First of all, I think that's too high. You know what? I got this written down, so let me look at my notes real quick because I definitely have all the QBs written down and I have him down. So they got him right now at 4,050 and a half yards on fan. Oh, wow. Wow. So, I mean, listen, if, you, if you're giving me, let's just say you're giving me 41 or 4,200, I'm definitely taking that. And they have him right now at 31 and a half touchdowns as well on FanDuel. I like him to go over 35 touchdowns. Again, I think that a Sutton and, and Jerry Judy are the real deal. If you look at the last couple of years, I mean, you know, they didn't, they really didn't have a, um, a chance with uh, both Drew Locke and, 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 and Teddy left, um, you know, two gloves, Bridgewater throwing the yeah. ball to, to, to those guys. So there was a lot of um, inaccurate throws, missed, uh, missed opportunities there for those guys. So I think that Russell Wilson is going to definitely um, put those guys in a better position. Just look at Tyler Lockett and um, Metcalf, right? I mean, if you look at those guys dating back to, to when they were in college, they had better seasons in the um, in the pros because they had Russell Wilson at um, under center. So I think that Russell Wilson is definitely um, upgraded um, at the yeah. at the wide receiver position. He's gonna he's gonna be able to eat. And then also, like I said, the addition of those uh, running backs that are able to come out the backfield and catch. Um, and then Albert O, it's just gonna it's gonna be all in, man. I'm all in on those guys. There's been a lot of negative sentiment about Albert O playing into the fourth quarter or playing with a lot of the backups. Are you still in on Albert O, or do you think that maybe somebody else takes that role, one of the other tight ends? I know Dolchich has been thrown around as a guy that could come in and and probably take over some of the receiving work. Does any of that concern you with Albert O, or do you think that that's a young guy that needs to learn a little bit? No, I think it's two, it's twofold. I think um he, he's going to have to learn a little bit, but then also, I mean, if you do have to replace him, you, you have a, um, a good guy in Dolchich. Um, again, somebody that was able to to perform at a high level at UCLA. And um, if they do have to make that, make, they have to make that move. I don't think there's going to be a drop off whatsoever. But at the same time, I think that's going to um, even provide a little bit more motivation for Albert O to go ahead and uh, ramp up and uh, get get on that uh, learning curve sooner than later. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at the pick. Russell Wilson, over 30 touchdowns in five of his last six seasons where he's been healthy. So 
Good to note that when you, when you talk about that 31 number. But you were talking about tight ends. I'm going to go to a breakout tight end and talk about David Njoku, who I think is going to have much better than his average uh, tight end 14 right now. Going tight end 14, I think he's going to crush that ADP now. I That's where I would rank him because I like some of the other guys ahead of him when it comes to touchdowns or potential yardage. But I think this mixture of what he's going to do on the field is going to make his is going to make his per, actual performance go higher than that. So I would rank him in my top 12. I think he's going to have a hell of a year. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, a lot of people are concerned about him being the quarterback instead of Deshaun Watson and to, for 11 games. And to me, that doesn't matter. I feel like with even with Jacoby Brissett, Brissett has targeted the tight end. He's been one of the top quarterbacks in actually targeting the tight end, top five actually, uh, in targeting the tight end. So for me, I I love the setup there. And and we've seen even when he was with the Colts, uh, you know, those guys had a, a tremendous season. So the, the he got the bag. He got the bag he wanted five years. He's paid as one of the top tight ends in the league. So to me, the Browns got to utilize him in that aspect. I don't think they they brought in any other receivers because of that. They they got Amari Cooper, who they got via trade for for dirt cheap. And they got David Bell in the draft, but it's not like they went and got one of those premier guys. Like, they didn't go out in free agency and just ball out and spend. So, uh, to me, I like the setup. Amari Cooper there is the one. David Njoku's probably going to be that wide receiver two-ish or wide receiver three-ish for them in that aspect. I love the setup for him. Yeah, um, obviously, man, I I, got to agree with you there. I think that the the addition of um, having Jacoby Brissett as quarterback as opposed to um Watson starting out the season is going to definitely give that uptick to to David and and again he's another one that, that I look at um, one of those uh, tight ends that's like pretty much like a, a wide receiver and a tight end body right so we yes. know what he's able to do once he gets the ball so I like that pick again Watson's um out for at least 11 games so he's definitely going to be able to eat I don't know what's going to go what's going to happen once uh, Watson gets back into the fold but I think that he's in, in he's um he's in a perfect situation with a uh, Jacoby Brissett starting at quarterback there for, for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think he's necessarily going to be like this thousand yard and 10 touchdown type tight end, but he has the upside to be like an 808 guy, which I could see that happening. And that would put him in the top seven, top eight tight ends for your fantasies uh, for your fantasy team. And when I look at Brissett, the difference between Watson, like Watson does tend to throw to his receivers a little bit more than his tight ends. But what? But Watson carries so much value, at least how he used to play. We don't know what he looks like with a year and a half off of football, but he used to carry a lot of value with that forty-five hundred to five thousand yard potential. There's room for David Njoku, even though he's not a tight end type quarterback. There's room for David Njoku to lean on to be one of the sources that Deshaun Watson leans on, especially when it comes time for your fantasy playoffs. So that's why I have him as one of my breakout players for this year. All right, Will, you back on the clock, man. Who you got? If you had, you got to pick another breakout player, who you looking at? Well, I got two of them right here, man, but I'm going to go with my hometown team, man, because I think it's only right to talk about um, a player on my uh, New York football Giants team, and that's going to be Saquon Barkley. Yes. Uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, man, there's, there's been a lot of noise, a lot of talk about him. Um, I know he was uh, on Twitter um, over a, a, a few uh, lines that, that that he gave the media. But, Love it. Love you know, it. it's, it's pretty much it's like, listen, man, this is my last year on my contract. They did pick it up, but I'm fully healthy now, and I'm and I'm, I'm going to be able to show everybody what I could go ahead and do. Another player that I watched play at Penn State, he was that guy. And um, on top of that, you know, when if you, if you did watch him in college, you saw that everybody was pretty much um, – 
bringing all the players into the box because there wasn't a lot more outside of Saquon Barkley that, that Penn State could do, you know, at, when they had the uh, the the situation at quarterback there, but he was able still to flourish. So yep. I think that he's going to be in a great situation. Again, not only that, but I'm leaning on uh, the coach there, Dable, and then also um, also the the GM coming in from Buffalo to do some um, some some different things out there and uh, get uh, Saquon heavily involved, not only with uh, – uh, running the ball, but then also catching the ball and then probably put him in the slot sometimes because we saw that he's able to do that, man. Just get the ball in the guy's hand. He's able to do his thing. So a lot of people are sleeping on Saquon, um, but I just don't think that, you know, we have a lot of hope um, where we could rely heavily on on, on Danny Dimes. So yeah. we're going to have to, um, you know, take some pressure off, and that's going to pretty much uh, fall on Saquon. I love it coming from a Giants fan. Hearing that makes me very happy because a lot of people doubt Saquon Barkley just because he's been injured. He's dealt with some injuries in his career, and he's never been like this huge injury-prone guy. We know the talent is there. He can finish as the RB1. We've already seen it happen. And a lot of people are just fading him because he hasn't been able to stay on the field consistently when, you know, he had a major injury. He's had a couple knick-knack injuries like the ankle last year. But Saquon is that dude, and you're getting him right now in the mid to back end second of a lot of leagues. His ADP's kind of gone up uh, as the season's gotten closer, but he's going to get as many catches as he wants in that offense. He's going to get as many touches as he wants in that offense, and when I hear him say, I'm trying to kill shit, I'm like, oh, okay, the game has changed because he's got the dog back. Whatever was gone last year, whatever timidness he had on the field last year, we're like, you're kind of inching back, that's gone. He's ready. Saquon is ready mentally. And so as long as physically, if he plays 14 games for you, it's a win. Like if he plays anything more than that, you probably have a top five running back. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, um, you know, in my drafts, I've been able I've been trying to get as, as many shares as I can, um, you know, depending on, on how he drops. And when I see him there, man, I'm just, uh, you know, automatically put him in my queue. Like, no, no questions asked. I mean, I need him <laughs> on my team. So I got a couple of shares in Saquon, but I just, uh, again, I just think as, as a true fan, right, of the New York football giants, man, he stays healthy. I think the sky's the limit for us. And, and again, I think um, if we rely, which I think we will have to rely heavily on him, he's going to be able to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, another player that I'm looking at deeper leagues is Alan Lazard, right? So Alan Lazard right now is going in the like wide receiver 30 range. And I'm not like this super high guy on Alan Lazard where I think he's just going to come in and be like this 1400 yard, 10 touchdown receiver. That's not what I'm saying, but you are getting him like at outside of the top, uh, outside of the top 30 wide receivers. Who's going to be the wide receiver one for the green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers who historically has had a thousand yard receiver on his team historically. And now if you think it's Romeo Dubs, then get him too later on in your drafts. You can get both of them, grab one of these guys. And Alan Lazard is just the proven. He's the guy who hasn't been playing in preseason along with Aaron Rodgers. He's a guy who we've seen have eight touchdowns in the season. He's not the most talented in the world. I'm not saying he's going to be some top 10 wide receiver, but what he can be is a very, very high upside wide receiver three for your fantasy football team. And if he's catching 10, eight to 10 touchdowns, if he's getting in that thousand yard range, you're going to be very happy with the results, especially because Aaron Rodgers does tend to lock in on one guy for the season. We've seen it with Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb. Historically, he's always had one guy that he leans on. And if it happens to be Alan Lazard, you're going to be very happy with your results. Yeah, I'm, I'm staying away. I'm staying away from the um the, the the wide receivers out there, man. I know he has to throw the ball to somebody, but I'm just gonna go ahead and lean on Aaron Jones coming out the backfield. You know, with the you know, with the uh, the departure of Devontae. 
Aaron Jones, you know, is able to catch the the, the ball out the backfield. Aaron Rodgers, we know, feels comfortable with him as well as yeah. Tunyon. And then Randall Cobb is still on that team. Um, and we know what happens when you're a receiver on that team and you don't catch the ball early and often. Uh, Rodgers looks away from you. So yes. I think Alan Lassard, we, we did see some glimpse of him making some big plays and, and performing out there for the Packers. But we'll just see, man. Um, I, I like that, though, because he's a, another another player that – I've seen, he's always been available in, in all of my drafts, especially when it came around me. I've stayed away uh, from Alan Lazard, but I think that um, you got you, you hit the nail um, right on the head right there. If uh, he's able to uh, you know to do well, that's definitely going to be a player that a lot of people are either overlooking, um, drafting late, or he's just uh, he's available in free agency. Now, Will, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. I want you to be real with me. If I, if you really think like, nah, Jay, you wrong on that. Tell me because I got Alan, Alan Lazard's going as like the wide receiver 40 right now. And, you know, I think about Aaron Jones. I love Aaron Jones in, in, in fantasy this year. I think that he'll have a hell of a year. He'll probably be in that 80 to hundred catch range for running backs or target range for running backs. I think he's going to have heavy volume, be used in the red zone a lot. People are kind of undervaluing what he's going to do. But if we're looking at Aaron Rodgers, he's going to throw for 4,000 yards. He was an MVP last year, so it's not like he's just going to fall off and not throw for yardage. If it ain't Alan Lazard, who do you have as the guy that's going to be the 1,000-yard guy outside of Aaron Jones? Yeah, so that's a good question. Um, again, I think that Randall Cobb, you know, being there is going to be a second year coming in. Um, again, uh, on a second stint with, uh, with, the, with the Packers, he's able to produce Old-ass Randall Cobb, you, you got him? Well, listen, I just think that, you know, but then also we have to, you have to keep in fact, you have to keep in, in mind that it, you don't necessarily have to have a thousand yard receiver on the team. Right. So, um, again, I think that we did see some, uh, some good performances from Alan Lazard and uh, he is, he is able to get it done. And I think that with the departure of Devonte the Devante Adams out there, I think Aaron Jones is going to be that, that number one um, target there, but Alan Lazard could get it done though as well. But again, I'm staying away from him. If you got him in the top 40, I like that, but I just think that um, you know what, what I've seen from my drafts that I've been involved in. There's um, there's other players that I like to take a, take a chance on. So if if it works out for you, man, I'm, I'm hoping that it does. But <laughs> I, I'm staying away from it because we know how Aaron Rodgers could do, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you don't if you don't come through, and we and I have seen sometimes where or some games where Alan Lazard has not been on on the same page with with Rodgers and. You know he doesn't perform, so there hasn't been like a lot of gray area with with uh, with Alan Lazard in his career with Aaron Rodgers. It's pretty much like black and white. So I'm hoping that that it works out for you, man. And um and 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 and, and again he he finishes up in that top uh, top four. Like you have. well, I'll put it this way: I'm not some big Alan Lazard truther, and those guys are out there. And so if you're not high on Alan Lazard, you probably ain't getting them anyway. Let's just be real, because those guys are reaching right now for Alan Lazard. <laughs> so all right, I got Alan Lazard. Give me one more on your list, man. Marquise Brown, man, I got like like Marquise Brown, man, Hollywood out there. Um, he's he's with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um, this year we saw that uh, Kyler Murray got, got that uh got that fresh contract, man. That bag. He got that big bag, man. Got that big bag, man. You know, um, didn't even finish out his first contract and was able to um, you know, finagle his way to 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 a new bag out there in Arizona. So I like what those guys are doing. I was high on Marquise Brown coming out of um, college, man. When he was at Oklahoma, you know, he played with a uh, with, with Kyler. Um, mm-hmm. I think that uh, to his detriment, he was able to. He he went to the 
to, to, to the Ravens and, and wasn't able to capitalize on his opportunities there because some, some missed passes um, and some missed opportunities, but also um, a lot of some, some of them was his fault. He did drop some passes there. So I think that he's going to go back to form um, from what I saw when he was playing at Oklahoma um, with those guys out there, not only Baker, but then also uh, Kyler Murray, and he's going to be able to do his thing in Arizona. So I'm looking for him to have a huge year, man, not only in, um, in, in touchdowns, but then also in yardage. So I definitely have him to go over a thousand yards. So you just get on that fly route, man. Just go over that fly route, man. So if you, have you watched my show before? Because you're talking to one of the biggest, biggest faders of Hollywood Brown this season. I am out on Hollywood Brown. Tell me, before I get into the reasons why, where do you have him ranked? Like, do you have him ranked as, like, top 15, top 20, top 30? Like, where do you have him ranked? Oh, definitely top 30. Um, Actually, you know what? I got him in the top 25. I got him in the top 25 because you got to look at the situation right now in Arizona, right? We got Hopkins. He's going to be suspended for the first uh, what six games out there. Yes. And then right after um, that, you got, what, A.J. Green, which, you know, A.J. Green is just trying to hold on for, for as long as he can, you know. And, <laughs> but you could only, you're only going to get so much out of A.J. Green, right? Um, yeah. I mean, he's still definitely a capable player and able to do his thing. But I think that first option, is especially for the first four to six weeks, is going to be Marquise Brown. So he's going to be able to, um, you know, pretty much juice up his numbers, and, and, and rightfully so, in, the, in those first couple of weeks. And that's why I don't think that it's going to be um, outside, um, outside of the realm for him to, to have over a 1,000 yards once the season is uh, um, over with. I can't be too mad at that. So if you're, what do you got for me? Somebody who's like, Hollywood Brown is maybe, maybe a top 30 wide receiver. Maybe, right? And I think during the first six weeks, you'll get somebody who's probably a top 20, I think top 20 receiver. But you're mm -hmm. playing for the fantasy playoffs. You want to win. And you know that man is coming back. Week seven, that man D-Hop is coming back with a vengeance who is the dog on that team. Let's be, let's keep that clear. He's the wide receiver one on that team. But then you also got Zach Ertz. You also got James Conner. You also got Kyler Murray running it in. You also got Rondell Moore, who's supposedly going to get more involved in the offense like he, they say every year. What do you say to somebody like me? Because I'm like, once D-Hop comes back... I think Hollywood Brown is like a flex option at best. Man, I mean, okay, so so now we got to break it down. I got to give you another thing that you got to look at. You got to look at the schedule, right? That's so let's look I, at the I first hear six it. games. You got to look at the first six games. So you got week one versus Kansas City. That's going to be a shootout. You yep. got week two at Las Vegas. That's going to be a shootout. Yep. Then you got week three, LA Rams. That's going to be a shootout, right? Yeah. Week four, Carolina, uh, depending. But week five, you're versus Philadelphia. That's going to be a shootout. Potentially, right? So depends on the Yeah, well, what's going? Yeah, um, well, yeah, they're they're playing they're playing at Arizona, right? Um, okay. And then, um, week six they're playing at Seattle. So I think that's going to be you know you got like like four like you know if we're talking about in 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 terms of spades, right? We got four possible five games where the guy could go off and have easily a hundred and ten a buck 20 um receiving yards man in in those um four to five games so again i don't think that's going to be um outside of the possibility of him finishing over a thousand yards for the season but listen mark that down put an asterisk put three asterisks if you want that guy's gonna um definitely finish high there because like i said um addition by subtraction um that guy by default is going to get all the all the targets i mean if not who are you going to throw to a aj green let's just be honest i mean zach <laughs> is, is there but yeah. i mean if you're gonna you're gonna want to go deep and um uh, deep often, you know, uh, with that, with that, uh, with that team, and I think that Kyler Murray and him already have some chemistry there, so it's gonna work in his favor. Yeah, I can go tit for tat with you all day, but I'm gonna let you have that one, bro. I'm gonna let you off easy on that one because I got to get to my player too. 
Rashad Bateman, man. We talked about Hollywood Brown leaving. Rashad Bateman's now in his place. And I think Rashad Bateman is at the same caliber, maybe even a little bit better than Hollywood Brown fit-wise for that team. When I look at Lamar Jackson, I look at what he's going to be able to do. He does tend to favor his wide receivers a little bit more. We saw Hollywood Brown go off to an amazing start last year before, you know, before Lamar got hurt. And a lot of people are expecting Mark Andrews now to come in and just be the wide receiver one. Lamar hasn't really favored his tight end at any time in his career. Mark Andrews had one really big game last year with Lamar that kind of set the stage for his value leading up to the end of the season when Tyler Huntley took over. Now, when I look at Bateman, I look at a receiver who's who's going to have a phenomenal season. He's going right now in the back, the, the 25 to 30 range of wide receivers when his range of outcomes is probably in that 1,200-yard, eight-touchdown range, similar to what we saw at Hollywood Brown, who finished with, what, 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns last year. I can see that be the same realm of possibilities for Rashad Bateman. Give me the upside there, especially because he's going he's going after a lot of like wide receiver twos on their own team. When you're talking about like Amon Ross, St. Brown, you're talking about Gabe Davis. I like Rashad Bateman over both of those guys. Yeah, I'm with you there, man. I mean, again, there's if you look at the team, there's not a lot of options. I mean, Mark Andrews may be a, a, a top target for for Lamar. Um, we, we got to see a little glimpse of a Rashad Bateman last year, but I think that guy, you know, he has excellent hands and he's able to also to do things once he gets the ball in his hands. So I definitely like Rashad Bateman there. I'm not as high um, on him just for the simple fact that you got to look at you know, the, the, you know who's throwing him the, the the ball so i'm not i'm not right. a big um L- lamar jackson fan as far as like with uh like passing the ball okay and 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 and, 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 and making it happen there like you know i think there's some accuracy issues there um in baltimore so that's why i i i, I think he's at that number two player and even flex um too man um flex option there as a receiver but i think he's going to have a huge season for the ravens Okay. I can't, like I said, I can't be too mad at that. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's value too. Like, so these guys, even though we're talking about Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, Alan Lazard, whoever we've talked about, some of these guys, it's just the value. So there's upside there and there, it does come with the floor as well. Like if, if you don't think that Lamar is a, uh, you know, good enough passer, just understand that his floor might be a little bit lower. Or if, you know, you think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be a bigger factor as well. Just understand that Hollywood Brown might come crashing down after week seven. We don't know the answer to that. They have to play the games, but we're here to give you the best advice that we possibly can. And sometimes the numbers speak a little bit more and our feelings play a little bit of a factor. So I like to have this segment. We're going to transition over to a statistical part of the show called Facts Over Feelings. All right. So, Will, I'm going to put you to the test. All right. We're going to talk about three different players. I'm going to give you blind stats. And you got to tell me, you can either get, you can guess the player if you want, or you could be like, you know what? I think that this is a player I draft or it's the player I'd stay away from. I'm going to give you blind stats just to try to trick you a little bit, right? I got you. So, all right. And I'm going to give you hints. So, this receiver, this first receiver I'm talking about, was wide receiver 13 average on the year for the, for the games that he played. Currently, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 34. His numbers for the year, 67 catches, 726 yards, and 10 touchdowns. You drafted him at wide receiver 34 ADP, or are you passing on him? 10 touchdowns, 726 yards. 67 catches, 726 yards, and 10 touchdowns. And he was the wide receiver 13 points per game-wise when he played. Yeah, I definitely don't know who that is, but I'm definitely drafting him. I'm definitely drafting him higher than, than 34, man. 
If you had to take a guess, who do you think it is? Ten touchdowns. Ten touchdowns. Um, hmm. D, uh, DK Metcalf? Oh, that's a good guess because the high touchdowns, it was Adam Thielen. Okay. okay. Adam I Thielen. Mean, yeah. So, listen, um, I, I like that, Um, especially this year. I think it's going to be different. New coach. I, I wasn't um high on Zimmer ever since he uh he left uh, Cincinnati as a um, defensive coordinator to become the head coach in Minnesota. I think that they're going to change up a lot of things. So I'm looking for all players, man. Um, You know, you're talking about Cook, uh, Kirk Cousins, obviously Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen to have a. Uh, to have breakout, I mean, bigger years than they did in the last few because I don't think they're going to be held back by Zimmer. So, yeah, um, yeah that, that's, uh, you know, if Thielen finished with that, I definitely see him to finish like 900 to 1,000 yards, man, because I just think that the league, listen, if they have, they, obviously they, they weren't put on notice last year, they have to come in, man, and game plan specifically for Justin Jefferson every single game yep. and, and, and put somebody over the top. You know, or if not just double them in or, or press them at the line, and that's going to leave things open for, for Adam out there. So I like him to surpass that number. And if you're going at 34, man, that's that's definitely a steal, man. You're talking about sleeper at the at the at the at the um essence of the name. Yeah, I think everybody's expecting the down the downturn. When's it gonna happen? The touchdown regression for Thielen. He's been very touchdown dependent over the last couple of years. He's been injured. But there's value there. Like there's value when he plays, he can help your fantasy team. And if you're getting him as wide receiver 34, to me, that's a steal. If you're trying to draft him as a top 25 receiver, now I would say, hey, there's a little bit of caution you need to have, even though he was the wide receiver 13 when he played. But when you can get him as a wide receiver 30, wide receiver 34, if he's a, a wide receiver four for your fantasy team, now you have a guy you can plug in your starting lineup, get you the points that you're, even if he gets hurt, you have three better receivers, you can probably find somebody else. I like the value with Thielen a little bit more. I just not, I'm not going to rank him in the top 30. I'm not going to rank him as a wide receiver three, but if he falls to me, I love the value getting him there. Yeah, I can't complain with that. Like I said, I think that um, Minnesota also, man, I, I like them to to finish at the top in that division there. So, you know, if we want to talk a little, uh, you know, futures there, man, go ahead and, and sprinkle something on them uh, winning out that uh, that that division. Um, so they're, 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 they're looking good, man. They're looking you good. like them over, over the Packers. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I just think that, uh, you know, people don't understand how big the departure of Devontae Adams um, is. And if you look at the games where, you know, um, they, 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 um, Devontae Adams pretty much like flourished. That's a lot, man. That's a lot. So where, where are those targets gonna, gonna come from? And, you know, you're, you're obviously like relying on Alan, Alan Lazard, man. So, you know, again, I um, wish you, <laughs> wish you all the best with that, but I just think that, uh, you know, you, you got to look at what Minnesota has been doing the last couple of years. And I just think that they're going to be able to prevail out there. And then also, um, Minnesota plays uh, green Bay pretty tough, man, every single year, you know, and, and, I'm, and, you know, True. and they play, they play two times every single year. So I, I definitely see them going into a split situation, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say that Minnesota may get the best of them in both games this year. You know, you're going to call me this Alan Lazard truther now every time we talk, and I'm not accepting that shit. I'm not accepting being an Alan Lazard truther. I just like him as a breakout player. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next player, man. Let's talk about another player, uh, and these are going to be some forgotten names. I don't, I don't want to give you too many hints. These are going to be some forgotten names, though. This player was 11th in point per game uh, points per game last season. 11th. Uh, and then his quarter, and that's including the times that his quarterback was out. He had a quarterback that was out for part of the season. He was 11th in points per game last season. He finished the season with 73 catches, 
1,175 yards and eight touchdowns. Can you guess the player or are you drafting them? And I'll tell you their ADP. Right now, that player's ADP is wide receiver 41. Wide receiver 41. He was 11th in points per game last season. His quarterback, his he did that while his quarterback missed significant time. He had 73 catches, 1,175 yards, and eight touchdowns. Man, so I'm thinking you're probably talking about um, his quarterback missed significant time. More Man, than are we talking games. about a, more than one or two games? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm thinking of Tyler Lockett, man. Tyler Lockett out there or DK Metcalf, but Tyler Lockett did his thing. So I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Boom. I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. Um, did I get it right? You got it right. Tyler Lockett, right, let's baby. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not drafting him. Um, again, <laughs> I mean, you got, um, no, because you got to look at the, the current situation. I mean, it, it's good, right? It's good. And, um, you know, a lot of people like history. Um, a lot of people, um, uh, you know, to take uh, take pride in knowing the history. So I'll just stay to that side. But I just think that no matter who's at under center this year for Seattle, whether it be Drew Locke or Geno Smith, they're not going to have the same um, type of uh, production um, that Russell Wilson did. So um, I, I uh, like Tyler Lockett as a player, but I just think that he's definitely going to be on the um, on the downswing this year just because of everything that's going on out there. And I think that Pete Carroll is going to put more of an emphasis on running the ball. And yeah. rightfully so, he does have a, a couple of good, running backs out there so i just don't think that production is going to be there for tyler lockett that opportunity is not going to be there so i don't see him getting to that place so him being drafted where he's currently at that that seems um right right about um right it makes sense for you You know you're like okay wide receiver 41 there's a lot of down you know but are we baking too much into that adp like are we fading him too hard just based off the quarterback change because wide receiver 41 is pretty deep i mean you're going with with really unproven guys like uh you know uh chase claypool's down the trail on burks is down there chris olave garrett wilson like a lot of the rookies christian kirk though those guys are being drafted right now around tyler lockett are we hating on him too much like because there's a lot of history when it comes to tyler lockett and having success and being a top 20 wide receiver are we hating too much are we fading him too hard or do you feel like it's justified? No, it's justified, man. And if you look at um the player, some of the players that you mentioned, I mean, I love Olave. I mean, who else is is there in in uh in New Orleans, right, for the Saints? And I also think that uh, Jameis Winston at the quarterback, he's going to be able to do his thing. Obviously, he's going to um give you the production with the uh, with the yardage, but then also some some interceptions there as well but i think that olave is going to do his thing i saw him firsthand what he was able to do out there at ohio state man so yeah. I'm, I'm big with olave this year and i just don't think i think he's going to be probably the, the the number one target um in new orleans entering the year oh okay yeah I, I like olave a lot i know michael thomas is there so but Jameis does love the, the guys yeah. that run deep he loves polished receivers so i i can see chris olave having a big year uh, but lockett to me is is a little undervalued but it's like i don't really want to take Tyler Lockett, there's not a whole lot of upside there. If things happen to click with Geno, yeah, but like even if it's Drew Lock or Geno, it's going to be a struggle for Tyler Lockett. The only reason I would say maybe he could perform better than 800-yard season with like five, six touchdowns, maybe perform better is if somehow he gets moved. If he gets traded somehow, that would open things up. If a receiver goes down, I could see somebody, a team calling Seattle and inquiring about Tyler Lockett, an older receiver who probably is going to become frustrated at some point this season because of Russell Wilson being gone. That's the only thing I could see with Tyler Lockett and potentially, potentially having a sprinkle of value later on and not play that ADP. The last player I got for you, you're going to like this one. 
the last play I got for you, wide receiver 14 on the year before he was hurt, before he was hurt, historically has been a top 20 receiver or better every year has had finishes in the top five. He's being drafted as the wide receiver 43 right now in all leagues. Drafting him, or you can try to guess him, but if you can't guess him, are you drafting or fading? Based give me give me the numbers one more time. Give me the numbers one more time. He was wide receiver 14 on the year before he got uh-huh. injured. He was out for a okay. significant period of time. Okay. He's going wide receiver 43 in drafts right now. And historically, he's always been a top 20 receiver and had top multiple top five finishes. Top five finishes. Uh, and I'll give you this. Uh, this might be the kicker. I don't know if I want to give you this, but I'm going to give you He's only 30 years old. Only 30 years old. Man, could you be talking about RB, um, OBJ? I'm not talking about OBJ. Damn, 30 years old. 30 years old. Um, I'm not. He's going as a wide receiver 43 right now. Super late. Man, yeah, I got to pass on that, but I would draft him. I would definitely draft him. Yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. D-Hop going as the wide wide receiver 43 right now. And, you know, to me, when I look at a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, it's kind of insane, even though he's not playing six games, it's insane to me that he's going as wide receiver 43 because when he plays for your team, if you could find any kind of gap, if you could find a way, to, a way to win three games in that period with a backup, with the flex running back, with the flex wide receiver, just win three games. You now have a top 12, top 15 at worst, if you want to call them, wide receiver for your fantasy team that you got as the wide receiver 43. Are you in on D- I know you love Hollywood Brown. Are you thinking that he like out produces D-Hop even after D-Hop returns? No, not after he he um he comes in. I think um they, they definitely got the chemistry out there, uh, Kyler, and I think he's going to be hungry to get back at it, right? I've, especially missing the first six games, so he's going to come in, um into form. He's not one of those players that you could uh, label as being like a lazy player or anything. So I think he's going to be ready to to come in, man, and just and just start eating, right? So we saw what he's able to do, man. It doesn't matter if you uh you know single coverage, double coverage, or even triple coverage, man. He's able to he's able to come up with the ball, man. Especially uh, get, get some um, game winners under his belt, so. Yeah, I think it's late, but at the same time, man, there is a lot of options at, at wide receiver, man. And, you know, if you're looking at some of the teams where you, you see what uh, the L.A. Rams uh, did last year, they, they were able to, to come away with um, the Super Bowl. So I think that a lot of yep. teams are going to mimic um, that, man, just airing it out, man, and pretty much uh, relying on, on on throwing the ball around. So the last couple of teams that made it to the Super Bowl um, and even uh, won the Super Bowl, they, they've had a lot of success throwing the ball. You know, uh, you got the um, the Los Angeles Rams as well as uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So I yeah. think that uh, that the league is on notice, man, and they're like, you know what, let's uh, let's – get away from the run game a little bit um yeah. you know we still need it but we're gonna go ahead and uh you know we, we definitely have to have i think every team knows that they have to have at least two star wide receivers coming into every so, single week you mentioned you kind of alluded to super bowl you really like the arizona cardinals this year don't you 
I do, I do. No, I, I don't got them going to the Super Bowl, man. I, I was gonna say, I was like, hold on a second. There's a little bit to that, I mean, or we're no? Talking, <laughs> nah, we, we, we're talking fantasy. You know, we're talking fantasy. But you know, um, I might take a look at their over for for win total. So that's gonna be, you know, that's gonna be on on, on a later conversation, man. Probably another episode yes. or something, man. But uh, but yeah, it's it's something where I'm definitely like, I'm I'm high on those players down there in Arizona because again, if you look at uh, Cliff Kingsbury and what he's a uh, what he likes to do, man. Um, he's a he's a, I think he's a, on offensive uh, mastermind out there, especially dating back to his days when he was the coach at a uh, at Texas Tech, and we saw what he was able to do with uh, Mahomes, even when he didn't have a lot of weapons out there. So, a lot of confidence there, man. Um, Kyler Murray was his was his guy, and he's coming in another year with uh, with the same same system, same guy. So, you know, barring any injuries, I think those guys are going to have a good uh, a good season, not only um, in real life football, but then also fantasy. Well, no opinions are biased there, so we're going to move on, man. We're going to move on to this uh, straight up. We'll talk some betting, bro. Let's have some fun to end the show. And I hate betting the preseason. There's some people who love it and swear by it. Do you like betting the preseason, or are you like, hey, I'm just going to throw some shit out there and hope it sticks? Nah, I do, man. You know, you got to look at what's going on. Then you got to look at the philosophy of teams. So, like, last night, for instance, um, Houston was a, was a plus four um they were underdog by plus four i took them they actually ended up winning um 17 and nothing uh last night you know so that that was that was a win and and i look to go um a, a lot of overs so i actually tonight you know you're looking at um some games here yeah let's 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 get into it this section is called straight up we talk betting let's go over the games real quick man so so Pull up the games for us. Sorry to mean a transition on you like that, but we got to get into. No, I got to get the segment ready. You know what I'm saying? My bad, my bad. No, yeah, you good. No. So, so you're looking at New England and uh, and 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 Las Vegas right now. I think the you know, if you look at what's going on with the with the with the coaching, right? So you got uh, McDaniel's fresh coach in uh, Las Vegas. I think he's gonna want to go ahead and um you know prove out there that hey, he's the guy. We this is his second stint as a head coach. His first stint with the Broncos. Um, they they've been put up points out there in in Las Vegas, and I think that New England again they got some some things to to work out just for the simple fact that uh you don't know who the offensive coordinator is out there. They yeah. got two two coaches that have no experience whatsoever calling the offensive plays, um in Matt Patricia and and also uh, Joe Judge, which he was a complete failure for the New York Football <laughs> Giants out there. So if you're looking at that number, man, thirty six and a half, I think that's too low. And so I like that to go over tonight. Okay. Like the over on that one. We had, I had my guy Cody um, from Smash Hit Sports out here, and, and he said anything when it starts creeping up around 40 for preseason, that's a high number. But you like the over in that one. It's like just they got to get yeah. that offense. They have to get that offense right. The Patriots especially have to get that offense right here in the preseason. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I think it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. And then um, – you know, Sunday, um, you're looking at the, you know, at the at the infamous game every single. It's it's pretty much like the last game of the season. You got the uh, the Giants, the New York Football Giants, and the Jets. It's uh, it's always a good game. Again, I think that uh, with a a brand new coaching um, coaching staff out there in in the Giants, they're they're looking to put up points. I mean, they're taking these games seriously and rightfully so. Um, unfortunately, it, it seems that we're coming up with, with at least a one or two injuries every game. So I hope that that's uh, we put an end to that last week. But the Jets also um, out there putting up points, right? And, and and they got some players out there that they need to prove themselves as well as as rookies or second year players. So I'd like them to go over that thirty eight and a half for 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 Sunday night or, yeah, or Sunday. So I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon. 
Yeah, it sucks. Colin Johnson was playing well too, man. And yeah, to me, uh, I'm staying away from that game, man. I I can never <laughs> tell with the New York teams, bro. I'm like, you know what? I don't know who's trying, who's not trying, who's gonna play well, who's not. So much of a flip of the coin. I'm staying away from that game. But we talked about Mitch Trubisky being named as a starter, and we see that Pittsburgh Steelers line on Sunday sitting at minus five. Um, is that one of those lines, to me, that kind of reminds me of the line from last night where we, we saw, oh, Trey Lance is going to be playing for the first half of the game, and then we saw him get benched a little bit earlier than expected, and we saw the Texans kind of put it on the Niners. What are your thoughts on this Detroit Lions-Pittsburgh Steelers game? Man, um, I mean, listen, the, the, the Steelers got to do something. I mean, by m- minus five, I, I think that's that heavy, means, isn't it? That, that's, that's real heavy, man. That's that's real heavy. So I actually like uh, I might I might have to go Detroit. This, I mean, especially and they're on hard knocks. You know, it's going to be hard knocks, baby. You see how they come into knocks, the season. Man. You know, I mean, listen, it, it makes it makes for great TV. So even if they don't win, I don't think they're going to have an issue covering that. So I like the plus five, actually. So I didn't take a look at that until now, but I like it. I may just gonna have to go ahead and uh, take a little uh Take a little closer look at the, the at that last game, and depending on what happens uh, throughout um, the rest of the weekend, we know that uh, college football we got week zero oh, yeah. starting tomorrow, man. Oh, so yeah. you know, it's just one of those things. Even with real life football, man, um, you got those Sunday night and Monday night games. That's uh, that's either your way to um, either cap off a good weekend or try to come back. So um, man, I'm, you're I'm, not I'm lying. Gonna, <laughs> so I'm taking a look. I'm taking a look at that last game, and I like that. So I may have to go with a Detroit plus five in there. Yeah, I like that. And and you know what? I'm gonna start getting to college on this show too. I'm not a big, haven't been a big college fan in recent years. Been off my game, but it's time to get back, baby. So I'm gonna be talking about all of that. And will definitely gonna have you back on again, bro. We gotta do something, man. I started speaking in Spanish. We gotta do some kind of like Spanish segment when you come on. I'll be able to understand a little bit. But pero mi español no es bueno. No puedo hablar por por uh, por nada. Uh, por, por nada. Sí, por nada. Pero puedo entiendo un poquito, poquito. So I got you on the speaking part, man. Yo puedo, yo puedo hacer todo, yo puedo hablar todo. Entonces tú puedes entender y comprender. Entonces estamos bien. Okay, bet. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. As long as you help me understand, as, as long you. as I can understand, you, you help me speaking a little bit better. We good, bro. Say we'll less, talk- man. I got you. Yes, sir. We'll tell the people where they can find you, man. Obviously, you got a lot going on. Yeah, absolutely, man. On Twitter, at BiasedOpinions underscore, as well as uh, producing uh, some content there, not only written, but then also um, some podcasts and uh, live streams for uh, SGPN, that's Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And then also um, check out Flex Fantasy. That's flex.fan. We're able to upload your team either on Sleeper or Yahoo, sync that team, and then compete either PPR or best ball challenges are now available on Flex Fantasy. So why wait till the end of the season and capitalize on your team? You can go ahead and uh, create a challenge every single week, compete against your friends, family, or anybody else in the fantasy community. Um, it doesn't have to be somebody in your league. It could be somebody out there. So either challenge somebody, create a league, or back the team that you think is gonna is the best team. And if they win, uh, split the winnings, man. So you have an opportunity there to play for money or bragging rights, man. The choice is yours. Flex Fantasy sounds interesting, my man. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Definitely got to have you back. You already know. You're going to be one of these Already. recurring guests. You got to come That's back, it, bro. So, my man, Will, yes, sir. Appreciate you coming on, man. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Subscribe, like, share, comment, whatever y'all got to do to engage. Get this show. We are daily, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern. You know where to find me. This is the Justin Henry Show, baby.